What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and welcome to episode 1095 of Ask Pat 2.0. You're about to listen to a Where Are They Now episode. So we're taking people who were coached earlier this year, 2019, and we are interviewing them again to see how things have gone, what have they implemented, what has changed, what is going well, what is not going well. And today up, we have Julia Kuhn from the travelingtraveler.com. She was originally in episode, let's see, uh, in episode 1054 at the beginning of February. So this was February 7th. So we are several months ahead now, which is really great. And I interviewed her uh, at the end of August. You're listening to this in November. So about six months after our chat, and now it's been a few months since then, and maybe we'll catch up with her again later. But for right now, you're gonna get a good timestamp on where she's been. And actually, this conversation was really key because she did take action, and then other stuff didn't happen, and, and it's not happening, but then it, it will happen. And basically, to understand, you just have to kind of listen in. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the catch-up with Julia Kuhn from thetravelingtraveler.com. Julia, welcome back to Ask Pat. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited. This will be fun, and, and a lot has changed, which is like, I'm drooling to know what's going on. So, Julia, why don't you uh, give us an update? <laughs> you were here February of 2019, so that was about six months ago in episode mm -hmm. 1054. It's only been six months, but a lot has changed. What has changed? Well, a lot has changed on the mindset and way that I'm running my business and getting streams of income. So when I talked to you earlier in the year, my main like 99% of my income was coming from affiliate commission sales. And I was trying to expand that and diversify it. And I didn't really know where to go. And the one direction I was looking to go into was more like sponsorships and paid campaigns. And I was really hitting my head against the wall because in my small niche industry, which is therapists and nurses who travel for work, I wasn't getting anywhere with the campaigns I was wanting to run and I was getting frustrated. So we talked about really creating a product or products and owning my own product that I'm selling. So that's partly what I've been, <laughs> been up to. But immediately after the call I had with you, like a lot of things changed right away. Number one, you told me to contact some of my affiliates and ask them for a higher percentage of commission. I remember. And I did that and it was like kind of painless. Like I immediately got an email saying like, yeah, we can do this and this. So that was awesome. That's great. And then I immediately left our call with like this sense of relief that like I was frustrated because I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere with what I was trying to do. And when we when we chatted, I realized like it just I shouldn't be going in that direction. So I felt like this sense of like, I just let go of all this like stuff on my shoulders that was kind of holding me back. But then I was able to go in the direction that was like where I was supposed to go. Mm -hmm. And that's creating products. So yeah, I created a course and that's, that's kind of where I am now. Cool. I'd love to ask you about the course. But before that, you had mentioned in the beginning that this was definitely more of a mindset shift. And it, and it does sound like it. I'd love to know and you said it happened like kind of right after the call. I'm, I'm curious, do you remember what it was in that call or what happened that sort of changed your outcome from, you know, I don't know if I should go down this direction to just let's do it. What was it in that call that you think? I think it was, it was just you talking about how like to be 
a creator and have content and products, like, you know, you want to own it and sell it. And just you really suggesting that I do create my own products. It was what I was thinking kind of beforehand, like I should create my own products. And then out of nowhere, I felt like you were just like, well, do you have products? Are you selling them? I'm like, <laughs> ah, like that's, that's what I, that, that's it. Like, that's what I need to do. Did you think you were not qualified to create your own products and you just needed permission or something like that? I think it was the permission. I thought I wasn't qualified to create my own products and that, yeah, maybe I, I didn't have the authority to, or I felt, I felt guilty about selling a product to my audience when most of my content was and had been available for free. So it was getting kind of getting the permission to do that and the, the go ahead. On selling to your audience, have you done that already? Is, that, is your course to the point at which it's been sold already? Yes. And that's, that's where my frustration is now. Okay. I'm going down a whole new, <laughs> new area. Yeah. And we could talk about that and, and, and see what new things come out of this call. So tell me about the course. What is it about and, and who is it for? So my course is for therapists. And by therapists, I mean like physical therapists, occupational therapists. I'm a speech therapist. Mm-hmm. Even like nurses who want to travel for work. So that's take 13-week contracts across the U.S. and travel to a job and work there. And that's what I've been writing about and kind of the authority on in my field. And I started putting together this course. And you did send me your book, Will It Fly? And I read the book and I, I kind of set up the course, like how you suggested, like I had beta testers. The course ended up being six and a half hours long. I mean, it's like, it's a beast. A I like yeah. obviously have like a lot to share on this topic. And it's really like the, the like start to finish, like this is how you do it. So it's for those people who just kind of want to know everything in our space where maybe they don't, they don't know anything. So that's the course. I sold it to the beta testers a couple months ago. And the people who bought it are the people who are like totally into it. And they're like, yes, like this is exactly what I want. I've been waiting for you to do this. And they were pretty awesome and gave some suggestions on content. Then when I put it up for sale for like regular just sales, it was it was like like crickets. Nobody bought it for two weeks. And I'd never done a launch before. And I'm like, what am I doing wrong? You know, I'm going back and I think I listened to like one of your Amy Porterfield episodes because I was trying to trying to I'm trying to do this as an evergreen product that like if you need it, it's available for sale. And then I finally ended up doing like kind of a launch sale and and selling about a I had a goal for what I wanted to sell the first month and I I did a third of what I wanted to sell. So I'm in that like learning to market the course and sure. selling phase now. A little frustrating. And I'm also right? li- yeah. <laughs> and I'm also listening to my audience and I'm like, I know I created a huge product and it it's not it's not essentially going to serve everybody. So I'm also listening to what the audience is saying and they're saying like, well, I just want a portion of it or I want this. So I'm thinking about uh, maybe in the future doing bundle sales and or doing a couple breakout like small short courses that are available for like uh, just on the cheap end, like 30 minutes that it's like, okay, this is the, you know, this is, I know you guys want this. You don't need to commit to learning everything. Mm -hmm. So, so doing that. So that's kind of where I am now. I'm super excited about kind of learning what my audience wants more and then also learning about 
launching and marketing this course. Yeah, well, I think your head is in the right direction in terms of, number one, first of all, congratulations on launching the course. That's huge, (laughs) uh, absolutely huge, especially knowing where where we came from and having just only affiliate relationships and sponsorships. And you were able to increase that income and you optimize that. And now you're moving on to your own stuff, which is fantastic. And you went through a beta program. I mean, what, what, what was it like initially to get some sales like ever? Uh, what, what was that like for you? It was the most exciting, like the first beta tester that bought my course. And I, I got like the, the email thing from teachable. Like yeah. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's actually <laughs> with my parents. We popped a bottle of champagne. Oh, congratulations. Like, I sold something. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's so, one of the coolest exciting. feelings in the world to do that. And for everybody who hasn't yet gotten to that point, I mean, that's really what you want to work toward is that one sale. Because the truth is where there is one sale, you have, you know, confirmation that this is something people want. And and you know that, you know, this is something that has sold. And even though you didn't reach your marks in your other launches, there are people buying and that, that's important to know. And I think this unlocks for you now and you're already hearing it in your voice what else do they want? What else can I create for them? I mean, this is a completely different language set than you had the first time you were on in February, which is fantastic. I mean, the, the opportunities and the possibilities are there for sure. And I think your head's in the right direction, as I was saying, with going to, okay, well, what is your audience saying? What do they want? And that's exactly where you need to be. That's the whole Will It Fly book is listen to your audience. They will guide you. You're removing the guesswork and you have to do a little bit of guessing, but by going through a beta program, by creating a course now, you were able to sort of, with their help, put yourself in a position to probably six months to a year from now have everything that you need to best serve your audience and then focus completely on the marketing part because you're still in sort of half creation mode, half half marketing right now. And that's really exciting. So first of all, just again, congratulations. I think it's also cool because you have six and a half hours of content in one giant course. You're not the first person to do such a thing, so don't worry. And I know some people who have had courses like that who then broke them down into even up to eight or 10 mini courses. And the cool thing about that is, number one, you can pick perhaps the most important part of your current course, break that out and put it and make it its own thing so that it's literally just, you have this problem, well, here's the solution. Versus what likely is happening now is like, you have this one problem, here are 20 solutions to other problems that you may or may not have. And that's kind of overwhelming, right? And what people who are buying these online courses, most people are buying the solution to their one problem, right? This is versus yeah. a membership yeah, sure. site where it's, I have a bunch of problems and I, I need ongoing support and I, I want you to grow with me and help me advance from like for eternity. And that can happen later, but I think that you can think of these courses as one-off solutions to one-off problems. But you had mentioned a keyword there, and I'm excited because this is this shows that you have marketer in you, is the bundling aspect of it. You can do some so amazing, fun things when you have multiple products. You can put two together. You can sell the second course to the people who bought the first course at a discounted rate because they are you know, already customers. Cyber Monday deals for multiple courses. You can get all three of these for this discounted price where it's like 50% off each of them, but you have to pay more because it's all of them together. And you can like package them in a way that you know because you're the expert, go together. So, you know, maybe the first course is like step one and the second course is step two. So then those two become a package and a bundle. You can do some higher level marketing where immediately after a person purchases course one. You can even upsell course two for a discounted rate at that moment in time where that 
opportunity kind of goes away after a while. Oh, so, that's a good idea. You know, those, yeah. those kinds of things. Yeah. So basically you have all the ingredients now and the fact that you created this giant course means you have a lot of things that you can work with. And I think the biggest challenge for you is going to be what to do first and focusing on that. How are you feeling about where you're headed? I like that. I mean, I tackled first and foremost, like kind of everything that was on my mind. And I feel like I spewed everything (laughs) into this course and I'm really, I'm really proud of it. It's a good feeling. So I like that I have it there and, and for people who want that it's there, but yeah, but then I want to, I like what you said about the like kind of funneling and upselling, like, yeah, I can create these mini courses and then when somebody buys it, I can I can do a sale on the, the mm-hmm. other one. That's a good idea. I like that. The beauty of this also is that depending on which of the, we'll call them mini courses, even though they're, they're going to be full courses themselves, but because it's on a specific topic, you know exactly where they're at in the process. Somebody who is in your course now, you don't know if they're you know, in the first part, just starting out, or if they're in the fourth part and they're kind of advanced and messages are going to be not as direct for that person in, as an individual because they're the, the course is so big. So now it's like, okay, so for me, for example, I have my online course, Smart From Scratch. Literally for people just starting from scratch, they've never tried business before, they're looking for ideas. Like, I know where they're at. Number one, they shouldn't even see any of my advanced stuff right now, right? Mm-hmm. But number two, so if they have their idea and they're building their website, great. Now I know they need help with marketing that website or potentially starting to monetize. So I have a couple courses that are perfect for them that they shouldn't even see because if they just got into the course. So you can have like course one at the end, you know, when they're feeling good, they got the results and go, by the way, you're ready for step two. This is where I recommend you go. Or maybe there's like a, maybe it's like a tree branch. So, hey, from here, you can do a couple things. Here's this course here that if you're interested in this, you can go that way. Or if you're interested in that, you can go that way. And because you're in the course, you have an opportunity to get it at a student discount or something like that, you know? And and, and I love doing that too. So my current students, they get $100 off any future courses that they have. And that's just a part of being in the ecosystem. So, I mean, you can paint that picture whichever way you want, but when you put yourself in the shoes of your audience now, now that you'll have these different sort of tracks, if you will, you're having your audience guide you. And that's the most important thing. And I think, man, I think, again, the biggest challenge is going to be focusing on that first one because there's likely a bunch of things you could create at the same time. Yeah. And that's that's what I'm thinking about now, like going into kind of the fall and next year. It's like mm-hmm. I want to kind of split my energy between marketing what I have because I know that it's kind of like your smart from scratch course where there's people who want all that information. Yep. But then, yeah, also like what new courses do I create and then market those. So mm-hmm. I think I'm mostly going to try to balance my time between that. One thing that you could also do that works really well in this situation is you can run a survey or even a poll to have your audience tell you which of these, I don't know, six topics, if you will, are people needing the most help with. And then when you come out with that course, you can go, guys, you asked for this. Like, here's that poll, you know, and that way you don't have to go, oh, which one should I do first or what's the most important problem right now? You likely have an idea of that already. But to even have your own audience become the proof for this course goes a long way in going, oh, oh, you're right. I mean, we did ask for this, didn't we? And and I, <laughs> I need that. So so give it to me, please. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I like that. What else is on your mind moving forward? What other challenges might you expect to face? 
Well, one of the most challenging things for me this year, aside from the marketing, was actually like working from home and working for myself. I realized mm-hmm. I I had a lot of trouble just scheduling and organizing. And I talked to you in February. I spent like February and March, like looking back in my mind, like almost doing nothing. Like I, I honestly don't know what I did, but the days went by so quickly. Yeah. Um, I'm based in Honolulu, so it's not hard to just kind of have the days go by quickly. Oh, you got but, it tough over there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but like, I, I actually ended up taking a temp position in like April and I've been working that most of the summer. And once I got back in the habit of like going to work and like coming home and being like pressed for time, that's actually when I created my course was when I was, was working. So I'm going back to not working in September again, you know, and, and I work temp jobs, so it's kind of easy to do that. But, but yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little nervous about the, the schedule and, and like waking up and having a plan for the day and kind of knowing where to go. So any, any tips on that would be helpful. Yeah, it's funny. It kind of reminds me of when I became an entrepreneur for the first time. I was so happy because I was like, oh my gosh, I don't have to have my nine to five job anymore. In actually in architecture, it was like nine to seven every day. And I was like, I can work whenever I want. So I will. And I, I also found that actually it was on the opposite end. I was working way too much. I was, okay. I was working even more than nine to seven because I was just, you know, free and open to do whatever. And I'm, I'm someone who tends to be a workaholic. And as a result of that, because I didn't have those boundaries, it was just kind of crazy and all over the place. And it did affect my relationship for a while and it just became crazy. And so we had to set some boundaries and those boundaries are really important. And that gave me the pressure again to have, okay, during this time is when I work and I have to honor that. And outside of that time, I I can't. And that allowed me to go into hyper-focus mode when it was my hours. And the, the hours weren't straight nine to five anymore or nine to seven. They were, you know, nine to 12 and then two to four every day for a while. And then we had kids and then everything got screwed up. But anyway, mm-hmm. for you, I think, and this is important because everybody's different, right? Like what works for you? Like somebody would probably listen to this and go, that's the most insane thing I've ever heard. Like you had a temp job and then after you created that, like then you created the stuff, like I would love to have extra time <laughs> so I can create my online course, right? Everybody's different. And that's the most important thing. And you're kind of listening and finding out what it is about yourself. I mean, I would challenge you to find something come September when the temp job goes away to give you again that that sense of this is my time to work and this is the only time I have because it seems like that's what you need in order to, to have almost the pressure or the sort of encouragement to start. So I don't know what that might be. Maybe you can, you can have a, a small period of the day that's dedicated to work and then don't let yourself do that. Or you can have accountability partners or, or other things. But I think it's, it's definitely important to address this because if, if, if you don't, it's just going to go back to how it was in February and March. Yeah, I think I definitely, I need to set hours, like including like a, a lunch break. I kind of forget about that. And that is my downtime. But then I come back to work. And then also I was thinking like really just kind of block, like block scheduling stuff. Like mm-hmm. a, I could do a day of like, writing blogs, a day of working on courses, a day of marketing. But I, I realize I, I need to have my, I need to know what I'm doing from the time I get up in the morning. Like I have to right. schedule it out like a week in advance. Okay. I like that. So what I would recommend if that's the case is spend time either on Friday of the previous week or the weekend to plan out what you're going to do during the week. 
and experiment with that and see how that goes. And then, you know, one thing on top of that, and this works for me, is if I know I'm planning for something in the future and it's going to require me to do some work and I really want to do it, I often have a reward on the other end. And I only allow myself to, for example, a lot of times it's play like a video game for four hours. Mm -hmm. I only allow myself to have that if I do what I'm supposed to do before that. And I really want to play video games. So like I'm really encouraged to do that. That works for me, may not work for you or the listeners, but again, you are learning about yourself as we, as we go. And these are the important things to be conscious about. And I think that's the beauty of this is you are conscious of what it was like in February and March. And as a result of that, now you can find something that works to battle that. Yeah. In February, March, you know, I was like trying to write blogs. I think in a lot of ways I was pushing off doing the course. Like in some ways I was still saying like, oh, I didn't want to do it. And then I ended up just not using my time wisely at all. And then once I kind of was pressured and to have time, then I was like, okay, I'm doing it. Now's the time. Now's the time I'm going to do it. Right. That's awesome. Well, I think you're set to do some amazing things. I'm really excited for you. For everybody listening, where can they go to kind of just keep a pulse on on what you're up to? My blog is thetravelingtraveler.com. And that'll take you to the course if you want to check it out. And I'm on Instagram at The Traveling Traveler. Uh, Those are my main spots. I love it. Thank you for coming back on and giving us an update. And we were able to help you out even even more today for the future. And just looking forward to to all that you're creating. Um, Don't sit on the beach too long. (laughs) Because it's... (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I love Hawaii. I hope to make it out there again very soon. Maybe we can grab a lunch or something, but anyway, oh, that would be awesome. good luck and keep going. Oh, thank you. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. Take care. All right. I hope you enjoyed that. Where are they now? Episode from Julia, formerly in episode 1054, which you can go back and listen to. And what I love about these episodes is that you can literally hear a change in the tone of voice. Our most quote unquote famous ask Pat before and after was with Walid Azami, who uh, his incredible transformation from episode one that he was on to the second episode was just incredible that I just had to bring him on stage at FlynnCon. And FlynnCon is a community event that I hold in San Diego every year. We had our first one this past year and we are going to have our second one this coming year, 2020, July 26 to 28. Please come by. We feature a lot of community members. We have some special speaker guests, mystery guests who you won't even know who they are until They're right about to come up into the stage and we have a lot of games and most of all, just content and support and community to help you. We also have the Smart Bar where a lot of the companies that I advise and work with come here to San Diego to help you. Literally, they're not there to set up booths to go, here's our next thing and take a pamphlet, please. And like, you know, here's a stamp for your bingo card. This is literally, hey, you have a problem with your email? Cool, we're ConvertKit, we're gonna help you. You need a problem or you have a problem with online courses? Well, hey, we're here from Teachable, we're here to serve you, whatever you need. Like, let's log into your account and check it out. So you get access to two and a half days to our Smart Bar and all, the, all of our partners there as well. So a great, great event. And if you wanna check that out, flincon2.com for ticket sales, flincon2.com, if they're even still available. I've been pro- promoting it for the, next, uh, for the last couple months and prices do go up at the end of each month until tickets sell out. So flincon the number two.com thank you julia for coming on the traveling traveler.com looking forward to seeing how you implement now and most of all keep yourself in check when it comes to september when you uh have that time off again to make sure you don't completely take time off away from what you know needs to be done people need you your audience needs you and you know this you know this stuff so well let's do it thank you julia i appreciate you and uh for everybody who has not yet done so 
please hit that subscribe button because we got another episode of Where Are They Now? Ask Pat Edition coming up next week for you. So go ahead and check that out uh, and hit subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks again and happy Thanksgiving to you and your loved ones if you celebrate. Cheers. Take care and Team Flynn for the win.